Well, good morning. It's good to be coming to you over the internet this morning. Uh, this should be our last Sunday that we are doing this solely. Next Sunday, we are planning on reopening at 10 a.m. on Sunday, uh, July 5th. And uh, if you regularly attend here, we, we hope that some of you will be able to come back and join us. Um, for us to be able to accomplish this, though, we and uh, our, our intent is to provide an opportunity for as many of our brothers and sisters to attend as possible over the next weeks. We ask that you bring and wear a mask unless you are under two years old and uh, or have a medical condition that uh, a mask would interfere with. And uh, you don't have to wear that mask. But otherwise, we do ask that you will wear a mask while you're inside and use social distancing. We'll be doing this for a while. Uh, we will be also holding a shorter service, and you'll see the schedule will be a little bit different uh, just to try to limit the amount of time that we are uh, here and around each other in the building. So we ask that you will be patient with us. Uh, we ask that you extend grace to, to us and to each other. Uh, we will do this for just as short a period of time as necessary. Uh, all of us want to get back to some type of uh, normal life, and uh, and that includes the elders. We we would like to do that too, but we only want to do it when it's safe to do so. So we do ask that uh, you come prepared for that if you come on Sunday. Uh, and we also ask that if uh, you are sick or if you have any symptoms at all of uh, flu or COVID, that you stay home. Uh, please don't come if you're having any problems at all or if you're not sure. Uh, that would be uh, disastrous and would be going back to not meeting again. So don't do that. Uh, we will also continue to offer some online services. They'll be available to you for uh, for a number of weeks yet. So uh, if you can't make it, um, that, that's okay. Come when you're prepared. Come when you're ready and you are hoping to do that, and uh, otherwise, uh, just take advantage of the online uh, services that we have. So uh, so I believe that's all the announcements that we need to make today, and uh, we look forward for uh, seeing some of you in person on Sunday. Uh, as you know, we have been um, expanding this online uh, service with uh, some songs, with announcement, with time of prayer and the sermon, and kind of preparing for uh, getting back together. And uh, uh, we look forward to spending some time with you this morning. So let's uh, let's go ahead and open up in prayer, and then we'll have some singing. Um, just a few items to keep in mind as we are praying and as you pray at home. Um, even though all of us may feel like shut-ins right now and over the last months, we do actually have some shut-ins that are home uh, most of the time and have to stay home and need help at home. And I want to continue praying for them, uh, Alaris, uh, Jan, Jackie, Diane, and others, uh, Kay at this point. Uh, we just ask that you keep them in prayer. Uh, Bob isn't feeling well uh, today when we're recording this. It's a Saturday. I don't know how he'll be feeling tomorrow, but pray for his health. 
And then just remembering those that we have among us that are dealing with various types of cancers um, and uh, praying for their their health. And that's one of the reasons why we want to promote and, and, and encourage you, if you do come, to follow the safety guidelines. As We do have some people that attend here that are compromised. And while some of them may not come for a little while, uh, by us following these safety guidelines, that allows more to be able to come earlier. So uh, we pray that you will adhere to that. Uh, we want to pray for our government officials, especially at this time of, uh, of uh, unrest that has been going on and, and with the pandemic. And then for the church, for not only Redwood Christian Fellowship, but the church uh, throughout the state, throughout the country, throughout the world, that this is an opportunity that the church could be a light in a dark world. Uh, we can be the ones who are, are living in a way and expressing uh, Christ's love in a way that may draw people to Christ through the way we act. So we, we uh, pray for that and that we will be the example of Jesus Christ to those around us. So let's take this to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your great love for us. We thank you for your provision. We thank you for um, all that you do for us, Lord, on a minute-by-minute minute basis. Uh, there is just no way that we can adequately thank you for what you do for us because most of the time we just take it for granted. Our very life, our, our, our circumstances that we have, uh, we, just, we just take it for granted. But, Lord, we, we come to you this morning and we want to offer thanks to you for uh, all that you do for us and for this local church that you have provided uh, for us and, and bring the people together that you bring together. We look forward to being able to do that in person again in a very uh, uh, short uh, notice here in the, the future and look forward to uh, things getting back to normal someday soon. Lord, we pray that you'll help us, protect us as we gather in person next week. Uh, we pray that you'll protect us, uh, that we may continue in good health and that no one will get sick with anything. And, uh, Lord, we think of our, our, uh, many on our prayer list that we continue to pray for. We're thinking of the shut-ins this morning. We ask that you'll be with, uh, Diane and Jan, Laris, Kay. Uh, Jackie and others that I'm probably forgetting that, uh, Lord, while this, this stay at home is in place for all of us, uh, these loved ones have to stay home most of the time and we pray for them. We pray for their health. We pray for, uh, that you be with them and provide for them, uh, help those who are taking care of them to be able to meet their needs. And we pray especially that you will Reveal yourself to them in a personal way, Lord, that you will provide for them and comfort them and give them great compassion and peace. And uh, let them know, Lord, that uh, not only that you love them, but that you are taking care of their needs. We pray for Bob and ask that uh, you'll help him with this uh, discomfort he's having today and, and help him to get over that. Uh, for all those that are dealing with cancers, Lord, among us, we uh, Laris, uh, Jim Bragg, and others, Lord, we just ask that you will uh, please take care of them. 
keep them safe. We pray that the treatment plans will work and uh, and, and prolong their life. And uh, Lord, we we even ask that uh, for the miracle of their cancer to be completely gone. And uh, what a great uh, thing that would be. Lord, we pray for our government officials, the president, the staff, the governor, his staff, the uh, the various county and city officials, Lord, who are dealing with not only pandemic and dealing with issues pertaining to that and unrest and all the things that are taking place. Lord, we pray for them. We ask that, uh, Lord, they may make wise decisions. And Lord, we pray for their salvation, that, uh, that, that you will save many in government, uh, through the things going on and, and maybe through the example of Christians as we live in a way that uh, uh, may pr- promote opportunity for us to explain why we have joy and 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 aren't fearing and uh, what brings that about in our lives. But uh, Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity we have to, to use the internet and uh, meet together like this and uh, worship together. And we pray that you'll be with us through this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Thy mercy, my God, is the theme of my song, the joy of my heart and the boast of my tongue. Thy free grace alone from the first to the last hath won my affections and bound my soul fast. Without thy sweet mercy, I could not live here. Sin would reduce me to utter despair. But through thy free goodness, my spirits revive. And he that first made me still keeps me alive. My mercy is more than a match for my heart, which wanders to feel its own hardness depart. Dissolved by thy goodness, I fall to the ground, and weep for the praise of the mercy I found. Great Father of mercies, thy goodness I own, and the covenant love of thy crucified Son. All praise to the Spirit, whose whisper divine seals mercy and pardon and righteousness mine. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Thy mercy, my God, is the theme of my song, the joy of my heart and the boast of my tongue. Thy free grace alone from the first to the last hath won my affections and bound my soul fast. My soul does magnify the greatness of the Lord. On me his favor lights in my Savior. I rejoice. He has done mighty things. Holy is his name. All creatures under heaven fear him. Whose mercies reign. He has proven his might. His arm outstretched for strength. He has scattered the proud. And brought down all vain conceit. He has lifted the lowly. Brings goodness to the poor. My Savior's love endures. O Israel, find your help solely in the Lord. His mercies without end, His promise He'll uphold. He has proven His might, His arm outstretched with strength. He has scattered the proud and brought down all vain conceit. He has lifted the lowly, brings goodness to the poor. My Savior's love endures. My Savior's love endures. Glory be to the Father and the Son, Glory be to the Spirit, three in one. Glory be in the beginning and the end. Glory forever. Amen. He has proven his might. His arm outstretched with strength. He has scattered the proud and brought down all vain conceit. He has lifted the lowly, brings goodness to the poor. My Savior's love endures. My Savior's love endures.
How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. That He should give His only Son. To make a wretch His treasure. How great the pain of searing love. The Father turns His face away. As wounds which mar the chosen one. Bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, His death and resurrection. Why should I gain from His reward? I cannot give an answer. But this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. His wounds have paid my ransom. Should nothing of our efforts and no legacy survive, Unless the Lord does raise the house and vain its builders strive. To you who boast tomorrow's gain, tell me what is your life? A mist that vanishes at dawn, oh glory be to Christ. All glory be to Christ our King. All glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing. 
All glory be to Christ. All glory be to Christ, our King. All glory be to Christ. His rule and reign will ever sing. All glory be to Christ. not been uh, wanting to, to do that. So just wanted you to know who is doing it, uh, helping us out with the music and the singing, and then we enjoy that. So I'm continuing in the series on 1 Corinthians chapter 13 this morning, but I would like to take a longer route to get to the specific verb that I hope to address in this sermon on love. I would like to remind us this morning, especially those who consider yourself a Christian, how Jesus replied to a question that was asked to him by a Jewish lawyer in Matthew chapter 22. Jesus responded, as he often did, by quoting a text from Deuteronomy chapter 6, in Leviticus chapter 19, the question that was asked of him was, which of the greatest or which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus responded that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now, this response is a sermon to itself, and I don't have time this morning to to preach on it, so we'll leave that for another day. What is interesting to me, though, is that Jesus did not just identify the greatest commandment. He also gave what he said is the second greatest commandment, and that is, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So it would be important for the hearers, the people who are there before him, those of us who come later and read this, to know who is your neighbor. Jesus, on at least one occasion, clarifies who he considered your neighbor. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, Jesus taught that my neighbor is not only the righteous or those who may be Christians, but also those that I might consider my enemies. While I may hate the sin that a person does, I'm to practice genuine love towards the person. What type of love? The Greek language does a much better job than English on describing love. The Greek have four major words that are used for love. So you would use a particular word 
that addresses the type of love you meant when you're speaking on it. Where in English, you have to add descriptors or even maybe have body language to be able for someone to understand what type of love you may be talking about. The Greek word here in Matthew and in 1 Corinthians 13 is agape. According to the Vines Dictionary on Biblical Words, quote, this type of love is described as the attitude of God towards his son, to the human race in general, and to those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is also used, such as in John 13, 24, to convey God's will to his children concerning their attitude toward one another. Jesus there said, a new commandment I give to you, meaning those who are following him, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. And if you've been going here for a while, you should pick up on in that verse that something is repeated and why that is the case. That means that it's important. Pay attention. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. How much did Jesus love us? Not much. He gave his life for us. Jesus Christ is our example of how we are to love. He has even given us, through his Holy Spirit, the fruit of love so that we will be able to love in the manner that we should. Because on our own, we probably couldn't and wouldn't be able to love that way. He gives us agape, love, so that we can express it and put it into action while we live here on this earth, in this life. Again, according to Vines, Christian love, whether exercised towards the brethren or toward men generally, is not an impulse from the feelings. It does not always run with the natural inclinations, nor does it spin itself only upon those for whom some affinity is discovered. Listen, love seeks the welfare of all and works no ill to any. Love seeks opportunity to do good to all men and especially towards them that are of the household of faith. Is this how you love? Is this how you live your life as a Christian? I know I don't always have the welfare and good of others in mind when I act and think a certain way. Those of us who attend Redwood Christian Fellowship have great opportunities given to us 
all the time to practice love to those in our community, but especially to each other. Meaning those who are of the household of faith, as Galatians 6.10 reads. If you were here now at the church with me, I would ask you to look around you to see who your neighbor is. And they would be those that are seated around you. A few years ago, we produced a mission statement for the church to help remind us what we desire and seek to do through our our affiliation here together. And it reads, proclaiming, embodying, and enjoying. My my notes, I I miswrote it, so I'm going to have to read it elsewhere. Enjoying the gospel of Jesus Christ to transform our community and the world. All to the glory of God. It's amazing the difference a word makes that I left out. The best way to be successful in this is by following the commandments that I've already read this morning. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. If we are actively trying to do this, not just occasionally, not just when it comes to mind, but on a daily basis, striving and seeking to accomplish this, we might find it hard to deal with people the way we sometimes deal with them. We might not be dealing with some of the issues and circumstances that have come up in the past few years in our state, in our country, and even here at this church. It's hard to think badly of someone when you're actively trying to love on Try it someday. You'll find that it's very tough. You'll, you'll have a different outlook. I believe as Americans, we put more thought an emphasis on our freedoms and rights as as citizens than we do on our Christian principles and duties. Don't get me wrong. I'm a red-blooded, American-born patriot too. I've come from a long line of men and women who served our country in the military. I've served this country for 12 years in the military, and for most of my adult life, I've sworn an oath to uphold the Constitution and defend our country from enemies, both foreign and domestic. So I know what it means to be an American and the rights that we have. I firmly believe that we live in a country that provides the greatest opportunities to those who live here. But when you desire to exercise your rights as a citizen, even to the detriment of one of your brothers or sisters in Christ, then I will tell you 
that you're not living the way that Jesus had commanded you to live. There's also times that as a Christian, with the freedoms that we have and the liberties that we have through our salvation, that you can also exercise those liberties and freedoms to the detriment of a brother. That's what Paul is speaking on in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. When he's addressing those in the church at Corinth who ate meat from animals that had been sacrificed to idols. And he agrees with them that they were free as Christians to eat this meat since it had nothing to do with them providing that sacrifice to the idols. That doesn't affect them because their freedom experienced through Jesus Christ. They were free from that. However, Paul told them that if by doing this, it would cause a brother or sister to stumble or to sin, then they should not do it, regardless of their Christian liberty. You can read this in the end of chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. Paul said, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. Let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. And I believe neighbor here primarily is intended to mean those of the household of faith. In Galatians 5, verses 13 and 14, Paul says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Besides the obvious that all of us can read in this passage, it also means that we are not to use our Christian freedoms, freedoms to do what we want to do but we are to use them to do what we ought to do. And that is guided by loving our neighbors, by loving our brothers and sisters in the faith. Let me be the first to use this opportunity to publicly apologize to you if I've ever said something, especially during the last election cycle, or maybe recently in this current pandemic we're dealing with that was unloving or unkind to any of you. For that, I'm sorry. If I offended anyone in the last year or so and have not dealt with it appropriately, I would ask you to let me know because I desire to make things right. I don't want to allow my political persuasions 
or my beliefs and feelings towards how government may be dealing with this pandemic, or whatever the current or future human issues are in the the current affairs that are taking place. I don't want to allow these to surpass my desire and efforts to love and to minister to each of you as best as I can in obedience to my Savior. And I would hope that that would be what all of you strive to do. We will continue to deal with issues concerning the pandemic. We'll continue dealing with issues of race inequality. And we probably are going to have another controversial election this fall. But I plead with you to obey the commands of Jesus and the explanations of Paul on love that we'll be continuing to go through here in 1 Corinthians 13. And do not let your personal feelings and desires to have your own way lead you into harming or tearing down one of your brothers or sisters. Instead, look for ways to build them up and to love on them. Extend love and grace to each other. Pray for each other and work to build up, not to tear down. God knew that we were in need of this series in 1 Corinthians 13 last year when we determined to do this this summer. It's very timely. I hope that you gain some benefit from it, as I have. And this leads us up to today's verb on uh, what love is not. I think in this passage, Paul is giving the Christian an application concerning love. You know, it's nice to know what a particular scripture passage means. But it's sometimes more helpful to have someone describe how we're to put it into action in our lives. Paul's description of love in 1 Corinthians 13 is subject to various verbs, both positive and negative. And I think it's likely that while Paul is describing love in this letter, He's thinking of Jesus, who is the personification of love. And he has shown us what love is and how it is to be expressed. And I'm going to go ahead and read the section before I continue on. First Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. 
Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes and the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So for so now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. And this is the word of God. Paul begins by giving two affirmations of love. He said love is patient and kind. Love shows long-suffering or is not quick to take offense or inflict punishment to somebody. And it acts kindly. We've already heard sermons on these, so we don't have to go into them again. But then he gives us eight negative attitudes that does not demonstrate this love. Love does no envy. It's not jealous. Today I'll briefly be dealing with love does not boast. It does not show off. It's not anxious to impress. Romans 12.3 says, For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure if faith in faith that God has assigned. So we are told to make a sober analysis of ourselves. To love in a way that is not boastful means that we understand our own weaknesses, our respects for others, and to maintain a sense of awe in the presence of God whose image we bear. Boastfulness is the verbalization of pride. Love does not always brag about its own accomplishments. Boastfulness is when you brag about yourself or your accomplishments to make someone else look or feel bad. It's the other side of the coin from envy. Envy is wanting something that other people have, and bragging is making people want what you have. Bragging intends to make yourself to stand out and to make someone else to look inferior. It causes someone else to envy what you have. 
you may recognize this person. For a braggart is someone that is anxiously waiting for someone else to finish their story so they can jump in and try to top it with something that they may have done. We all know that person. In fact, to my shame, that could be my description at times. But look at Jesus' life on earth to see an example on how we are to be exhibiting love. While he had many opportunities to brag of his many accomplishments, he never did. Instead, he said that he was not speaking about himself, but whoever believed in him believes in him who sent Jesus. He said he didn't speak on his own authority, but the words of the Father. So to show agape love requires that you put boastfulness behind you. It's not a good descriptor of love and definitely not one that should be expressed when someone describes a Christian. You know, next Sunday is a good time to practice what we're learning in this passage, in this sermon series. It's been a stressful time. It will continue to be a little stressful with the safety precautions that we'll have to be using for a while and the inability to fellowship the way we normally do. But what a great opportunity for us to be able to live agape love towards each other. I encourage you to come with that anticipation and that desire and make every effort to do so. I would like to close with these final words from 1 Peter chapter 4. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks is one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves is one who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, help us to have love like this. Help us to love our neighbors, especially each other not with envy or boastfulness, but with kindness and by being patient with each other. Help us to serve each other 
and to work to build each other up so that those who see us in action will know that we are Christians through our love. And most of all, that you might be glorified. We pray that others might see our love for each other and seek you to obtain that same love. In Jesus' name, into your glory. Amen.